Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Bible Code, 2 Corinthians 6, on being separate and the DNA code. For a copy of the transcripts, please go to www.dnainthebible.com. What do we do with those who say that they are Christians, but do not serve God in truth? How does the Bible say that we should handle situations like this? And will we find a DNA or Bible code that supports the content of 2 Corinthians chapter 6 on being separate? Let us begin by looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verses 14 to 18. It reads, Be ye not unequally yoked together with the unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness, and what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? First, did you notice that in verse 14, it talks about not being yoked together with unbelievers? If you have been following along with these studies, then you would remember that 14 is the number for salvation and deliverance. Number two, did you notice that there are five comparisons that I just read to you? Why does God use five comparisons? Five is the number for grace. And we're going to learn that this group of unbelievers has turned their back on the grace of God. How did I find these three groups? Well, the way I've laid it out on the website You can really see how it pops, and you can see very clearly the pegs. Now, if you don't know what pegs are, we have covered this in the past, but I'll give you a highlight, a summary of it again. When you see a common word used over and over, in this case, the first group that is used over and over is the word what. The next word is hath, and the next peg is with. Between what Hath and width are parallels. There are three groups of parallels. I have used the colors green, gold, and red. But is there more to know about these three groups? And how does this layout in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 discussing the difference between believers and unbelievers and why we should not be unevenly yoked together? How does this relate to the Godhead? First, let us turn to 1 John chapter 5, verse 7 and read who is the Godhead and specifically what is mentioned first in the Godhead, who is mentioned second, and who is mentioned third. Remember, we're dealing with three groups in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Is there a correlation between the third group in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 that are displayed in red and the third person of the Godhead. 1 John chapter 5, verse 7 reads, For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. Who is the third person that is of the Godhead? That is the Holy Ghost. Who is it in 2 Corinthians chapter 6? Who is the third group? They're unbelievers. As unbelievers, What do unbelievers not possess? That would be the Holy Ghost. What is also interesting is is that 1 John happens to be the 23rd book of the New Testament. 
Is that just coincidental? We are now going to take a look at the three groups displayed in green, gold, and red in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and see if there is a DNA or Bible code that actually supports the content of the scripture. Keep in mind, the first person of the Godhead is the Father, the second is the Word, and the third is the Holy Ghost. Let us see if this layout in 1 John chapter 5 actually correlates even more to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Now, I have taken the first group in green, and the words are fellowship, communion, conquered, part, and agreement. And I have looked those five words up into pure Bible search. What I found is that that they are found together in 23 books of the Old Testament and 23 verses of Leviticus, the book that we get the law from. And Jesus is the fulfillment of that law. Who sent the seed? Who is Jesus Christ? That would be the Father, the first part of the Godhead. But let's move on to the gold group. Righteousness, light, Christ, he that believeth, the temple of God. All these five words are found together in 26 books of the New Testament. Who is the second part of the Godhead? According to 1 John chapter 5, verse 7, that would be the word. These five words are found together in 26 books of the New Testament. That is the same number for the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Bible, which is the word, which is Jesus Christ, is where we get the gospel. We need to go to God's word to understand what the gospel is, do we not? Now, the last group in red are the words unrighteousness, darkness, Belial, and infidel and idols. These five words, when I look them up, are found in 19 books of the Bible. What is the number 19? It's defined as faith in the King James Bible. What does this third group lack? Well, they lack faith, do they not? And because they lack faith, they do not possess the Holy Ghost. And because they don't possess the Holy Ghost, which is the third group of the Trinity, the third person, then they do not have the mind of God. Let us now continue with 2 Corinthians chapter 6, going to verse 18. For you are the temple of the living God, as God had said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Now we have just finished reading 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 16 to 18. There are some groups of words that I would like to point out and how these words are found for a Bible code that supports the content of the scripture, just like what we saw earlier with the five examples of why we should not yoke ourselves with unbelievers if we are true believers. I would like to point out the phrase, the temple, my people, separate, a father. I will cover unclean here in a moment. Who are we and where does God reside if we are believers? Well, that would be us. He calls us the temple. The temple is found in 23 books of the Bible. That is the same number for the promised seed. I have covered already the three examples of the number 23. 
Jesus Christ, that promised seed, takes up residence within us when we become believers. My people, which is what God calls us if we are saved, are as found in 26 books of the Old Testament. 26, again, is the number for the gospel of Jesus Christ. We become the people of God when we believe in the gospel. Separate, which is what God calls us to be from those who are not born-again believers, is found in 23 chapters of the Bible. 23, again, for the promised seed, we become a new creature in Christ through Jesus Christ. And we are to live for him, not after this world, therefore being separate. And last, who is our father when we are born again? Well, that would be the Lord Jesus Christ, who is God. A father is found 23 times and in 23 verses of the Bible. Again, the number for the promised seed. Let us take an in-depth look at unclean. Unclean is found in 23 chapters of the New Testament. We have covered in the past that there are only two lines, the earthy Adam and the second Adam who is heavenly. This is found in 1 Corinthians, which happens to be the 46th book of the Bible. If you were to go to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 5, we are going to understand exactly what an unclean person is. It says, For this you know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Whoremonger is only mentioned in this passage of scripture. So we need to look a little further to understand what whoremonger, how it relates to an unclean person and a covetous man. Because we see the pegs no and nor. So we know that whoremonger, unclean person, and covetous man are parallels to each other. We know that a covetous man is mentioned, the definition of it, in Psalms 10.3. It's somebody that God abhors. We know in Luke 16, verse 14, that the Pharisees were called covetous. And in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 14, that cursed children are covetous. And last, covetous is one of the traits of the last days of the church age listed in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 2. So now we know that touch not the unclean thing. What is an unclean? It is a covetous person who is a whoremonger. And according to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 5, that this person is not going to inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. Why? They're an idolater. We know idolatry is the worship of something other than God. So this third group that doesn't have the Holy Spirit because they have no faith is not somebody who understands the ways of God. And we cannot be separate and do the work of God if we are chained to somebody who is as an anchor holding us down to this world. Let's dive deeper of why we can't have that fellowship with them. Fellowship was one of the words in green that was compared to communion, conquered, part, and agreement. What exactly, according to the King James Bible, does the word fellowship mean? Well, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 1, there is four pegs. They are if any, and after if and any is four parallels, explaining exactly what fellowship is. It says, if there be therefore any consolation in Christ, 
if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercy. You see, fellowship is to have comfort with. It is to have bowels and mercy and consolation in Christ. We cannot go to this world for fellowship. We need to go to those who have a relationship with Jesus Christ, if we are believers, to have true fellowship. There is another word up above in the five comparisons, and that is agreement. Agreement is in green. And what does agreement exactly mean? Well, for that definition, Isaiah 28 verse 18, there is a peg and a parallel. The peg is and, your, and on the other bookend, with. This passage of scripture reads, and your covenant with death shall be disannulled, and your agreement with hell shall not stand. When we make an agreement with somebody, we make a covenant with them. We cannot make a covenant with people who don't know the true God. They don't know how to make a covenant. And the last definition I'd like to dive in deeper is is that in the third group that is in red, unbelievers are compared to actually Belial. What is Belial? For that, I'm going to point out three scripture verses. Two are found in 1 Samuel and the third in 2 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 2 verse 12 says the sons of Belial are those who knew not God. In 1 Samuel chapter 30 verse 22, that wicked men are men of Belial. And 2 Samuel chapter 16 verse 7, that men of Belial, they are bloody men. Now, does this paint a little bit of a clearer picture for you of why we cannot be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. I'd like to conclude this study with what a yoke is. All through the Old Testament, if you were to study the occurrence of the word yoke, you would discover it relates to work. It relates to also both animal and man in case of work. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 11, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. What is required of us in the church age? To believe the word of God that says Jesus Christ died for our sins and be born again by his word. To separate from those who walk in darkness that our testimony does not blaspheme God. If we walk in darkness and give the right hand of fellowship and communion to those not serving God because of disobedience to his word, We blaspheme God's word. God's word does not evolve. It is grounded in truth and righteousness and is never changing because he is never changing. We may look around at this world that we see before us and agendas that are being pushed and think that this is somehow new, but it's not. The book of Ecclesiastes states that there is nothing new under the sun. So who are you to be yoked with? Who are you to be giving the right hand of fellowship and doing the work of God? That is believers, not people, as we saw earlier, that have dismissed the grace of God, who do not possess the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. Therefore, they cannot understand the ways of God. I hope that you enjoyed this lesson. Please tune in next time as we look at another number in the Bible Code.